0: Hello, my name is Elaine Stafford and you're very welcome to KPMG's podcast, Conversations with Auditors, the podcast where we explore the relevant issues, opportunities and new ways of working that are shaping the future of the profession. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague Niall Savage. Niall is an audit partner with over 20 years experience and is our current
1: head of audit markets. Niall, thanks for joining us today. God, Elaine, that was incredibly slick. Well done and congratulations on the series to date. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed listening to them, um, particularly Una Curtis's one. It was great to be uh, listening to Una's voice, not in complete fear of what she was going to ask me, because for years, Una would have always led the IFRS training, but also pre-issuance reviews. So there was always that moment where she'd ask the one question you didn't want to hear, but it was lovely to hear her voice in that sense. Yeah.
0: And any of the others, any tokens of wisdom or nuggets of information that you'd take
1: away? I was glad you said that I'd take away no, no wisdom from me but um, I really liked Connor Holland's um, ES&G uh, podcast I thought it was really good he, he really broke it down you know to timelines and the metrics and I think a lot of that discussion has been missing from the ESG reporting so far a lot of it has been about it's coming it's coming it's coming it's a big standard it's the UIFRS but it was nice to hear him have a little bit of practicality and say things like there is 12 standards the first thing you need to do is have a materiality assessment um, and then do a gap analysis and, th- and then understand exactly what's relevant for you which i think is really what businesses now want to hear i think the fear factor is well out there but now they want okay can i get some practical steps tell me what i got to do here so i thought that was really good so i think if anyone hasn't really got into it yet it'd be a really good place to start yeah
0: no, I agree. I think he really broke it down that day and made it really simple. And he even referred himself to, to alphabet soup. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that struck home with me because there was just so many acronyms out there.
1: Absolutely. And for someone who's listened to Connor for the last 24 months or so, I'm glad he did reference the fact that there's been a lot of alphabet soup because we've been all listening to it as well, you know.
0: I'm delighted to have you here today, Niall, with us. Um, I'm hoping to get some nuggets of wisdom from you today um, that you've gained over the, your many years of experience. Um, and to kick things off, we might talk a little bit about Audit and how it's evolved over the course of your career.
1: Thanks. Yeah, Elaine. Um, I'd like to say I'm a very young man in my early 40s <laughs> before we start. So uh, I did. I started auditing back in 2001 um, in a small department called BDS. And when you talk about evolution, I mean, if I could paint a picture for what it was like back then, it was a different, different world. It was all paper files. Um, I think the first job I did was for Colin O'Brien when I had to send a fax um, which anything now would be sent by email. There was very little email back then. In fact, if you're out in client site, getting even an email connection was in, you know, incredible. All the files were in paper. In fact, the first and second years, what they mostly did was format Excel spreadsheets and print, which was just a wonderful learning experience. Um, so if, if you benchmark that to where we are today um, and where we should be in the future, Today, you know, there are no paper files. There's no paper. There's no fax, thank God. I got the first fax I sent wrong as well, which is quite embarrassing. Um, we're all collaborating in the cloud. Um, we can communicate internationally in seconds. Um, the technology that's in audit then in the actual files itself um, is is just fantastic. We're, we're, we're taking entire data sets now, working with large volumes of data uh, and we're, we're picking out the outliers as opposed to, totting them up which is what we did um you know 20 years ago so it, it really is a totally different career um and and it has been so enjoyable um to 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 be on that journey but also when you tell people how far it's come and how far you think it might go and um, you can reference back to how far it's come you know what i mean absolutely and to be honest when i
0: joined those paper files were there now and i think i spent my first week uh <laughs> archiving a whole lot of them
1: you're a hell of a lot younger than me obviously Elaine <laughs> but uh, yeah I do remember the, the blues and the yellows I think they were called back then yeah absolutely yeah.
0: and if we think about technology then you know I think that there is you know there's a lot of focus on us as auditors advancing our technology particularly given our own clients like they're innovating Yeah. what do you think the benefits for the audit profession is out of this technology and not maybe just for the other profession but for our clients what benefits do they get out of it
1: yeah um like te- technology could do so much and it hasn't really done everything we think it could do and certainly i actually think i thought we'd be further along the journey now which always do um like the first part is auto quality is number one like uh, like do we identify frauds are the financial statements um you know, true and fair? Are they given it right view? Are they given the right level of comfort to shareholders? And technology will definitely improve that. And mm-hmm. um, it improves it by allowing you work with the larger, you know, groups of data. It allows you take remote data internationally, which is a hot spot for things like frauds. And um, it allows you collaborate with people much better. Uh, it 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 stops the the guessing, I suppose, of sampling and allows you move into working with large data focusing on the areas that are important as opposed to just vouching transactions which a lot of auditing used to be and mm. um, also as business has changed our clients are now using technology much better and we need to have the technology to use their technology and also they're expanding you're now working with multinational corporations that are just so much bigger than than they were 20 years ago they want they are using information much quicker they're not as siloed they've centers of excellence and we need to be able to follow them and mirror how they're set up to make sure we can give a, a view on their information. So that's number one. And I think it's 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 just there's a part of it that says we have to keep up with how clients are going to be able to express a view on their financials. Um, and then I think for the, for the clients, the second part really is can you give them insights? Um, and do they want insights? And not all clients will because, you know, they're running at a thousand miles an hour themselves. So you can give more with the information you have. We always say we're incredibly privileged that clients give us so much access to their information. And having this information and having great technology, we can certainly give them more, be it predictive analytics, um, to say, well, actually, your commercial margin have come under pressure in the last couple of months in a certain region. If that is an area you want to look at, whether it's by looking at hedging transactions, you can predict areas where there might have an hedge or an under hedge. All of that can be done really well with technology. Um, and then you take it away from the clients, and you say, "Well, you know, the in- the enjoyable nature of audit, right? I love auditing, I really do. I've, you know, I'm doing it. I will be doing it for the rest of my career, I hope. Um, but, but it, you know, the world of work has moved on. It's quicker. Um, we want people to be doing less of the mundane, routine, transaction mm-hmm. testing. And I think technology has already solved that. But it's just not." You know, endemic in, in, in the auditing environment really because you can't use it with all data. So the future of auditing at a first part for, for our, our people is you should be able to be taking the data out of the client system, having all the vouching done, be comfortable with the sort of financial reporting ecosystem, and then you're into the value-adding stuff, spotting trends, picking out outliers, and less of making sure it all ties back you know, and, and that'd be great. And, and that's what we need to get to our people. I think the top 5% of clients can get there, but I think until client data is ready as well, I think, you know, we're, we, we can't really do everything we want to do.
0: No, absolutely. I think that insights piece is key. Yeah. I think that piece of, you know, the totting and tying, you know, we want to be able to let technology do that first and spend our time looking at the estimates and the judgments and adding the value. So you're absolutely right, right. now. Well. Yeah. And if we think then about like, climate change, right, and and the global challenge it brings. It's not just a challenge for the audit professional, it's a global challenge and it's probably our biggest challenge um, for the next decade. Um, there's lots of discussion about decarbonisation, the road to net zero, and companies are really having to step up to the challenge now. And we mentioned there at the start when Connor joined me, we talked about the vast array of the ESG um, standards and regulations that are coming at companies. How do you see the audit profession fit into all of this?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think first off, the profession has been given a huge vote of confidence because it has been asked effectively uh, and is preparing to take its skill set and apply it to non-financial metrics, Mm -hmm. be it ESG metrics and, you know, watch Connor's pod and you'll see the whole range of things that need to be sort of assured so that's a huge vote of confidence for the profession and being part of that profession i think it's very exciting because what gets you know measured gets managed and i think once corporates are in the space that they're going to start producing data around water usage carbon usage equality metrics and um, then you'll see a real driver of change in corporates i do there already is mm-hmm. but i do think it'll highlight areas that need to be acted upon and for audit to be allowed and to be looking forward to, and I think we all are, um, get involved in that uh, shift and change uh, is brilliant. Um, and I think it, it, I always felt audit has a great role in society. Like our job, if you want meaning in your job, you, know, you are making sure that when investors invest money in a business, it's being well looked after, it's generating an economic return. And now we're being given the opportunity to step outside that role and say, well, actually, now we're going to be governing whether companies are behaving well or providing a view on whether companies are behaving well for the good of the climate, for the good of society. And I think that's a wonderful gift to be given to the profession. And I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, what it'll mean, first off, there's going to be a huge lift at the start because I liken it to when IFRS came in um, back in, I think it was 2003, 2004. and there was just a heavy lift in converting financial statements from what we used to call Happy Gappy um, to to IFRS, and so there was a huge need for specialisms and um, uh, you know one-off pieces of work to do the transitions. And I think in two thousand five, f- sorry, two thousand twenty-five, two thousand twenty-six, two thousand twenty-seven, even um, and, and a little bit of you know a lot of prep before that, teams will need to go in and help clients capture the data. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, understand how they can get at it, understand how they can get it to a form where it's it's usable and auditable. Um, so I think that is going to be keeping everyone very busy for the next three to five years. And, and the interesting thing, as Connor rightly pointed out, like we're going to be going down to, you know, businesses at 40 million turnover are going to have to do this. Like, that, like that's big, you know, trying to uh, isolate what part of this is relevant. So all audit teams are going to have to get involved. I think there's going to be some very deep specialists at the start before it's sort of common and business as usual, but it's going to be a big shift now for the next few years and all the firms are gearing up. We all know it's there. We're all kind of excited by the fact that we're getting to be involved in it, um, but it but it is coming, yeah.
0: Very good. And I think it kind of links in with the ways that we can add value. It's, it's something different that we're doing, providing insights totally. on and, you know, looking at that yeah. forward-looking piece and looking at the, not the numbers, but what's going on in the actual business. Absolutely. So,
1: and there is a huge amount to talk, you know, when, when you're talking to young graduates coming in and the best graduates, they do want meaning in their work, you know, and they're absolutely right. They should. And sometimes we struggle to articulate why the work is so meaningful. We just know it is. But 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 audit has always been about finding the truth um, and reporting back and making sure, you know, so you have a real purpose in what you're doing. And this just adds to that because, you know, as I said, you're not only... Um, serving shareholders now and in the investor community, you're now actually society as a whole and the planet. You know, so I mean, it sounds you know audit is going to save the world, um, and I wouldn't be leading with that, but it it does it does feel like you're you're moving into a new role, and I think it's it is a great vote of confidence in the profession to get that chance.
0: Absolutely, you touched on people there, Niall. Um and over the course of your career, I'm sure you've seen many people come and go through the doors of KPMG, and many in fact stay. And I know we talked about technology and how it can improve audit quality, but I think people really are instrumental to ensuring a quality audit is delivered to our clients. What do you think the best skills or qualities um, are of an auditor?
1: Yeah, um, I remember Kunlo Halloran always used to say, and he was a used to think a lot about these things, um, audit is a mindset. I think he is right I, th- I think you have to have a very curious mind and want to solve a problem and understand where there might be an outlier uh, and, and that is the first quality in an auditor and you do see um, you know in your first maybe work with a first or second year and they've explained that they, they found an issue or they found a problem and you can see that they haven't let it go and you can also see it's kind of bugging them mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what we really want to see uh, and, and it's that curious mindset that I think is probably probably the first thing you you need if you want if you want to really thrive in the profession that you you pick up things that don't make sense and you find an answer or not and if you don't find the answer then you you throw it back um but that's the first quality there are so many other things that are helpful as well you've got to be organized Mm -hmm. we all know attention to detail is everything nice neat files elaine as we all like and but it's that curious mindset and the the ability to sort of say oh that doesn't look right now um, that for me is always the one that sets apart the people who I you kind of say he or she is a good little auditor there you know make sure they get on some really good work now that challenges them because you can actually tell that they have a the right mindset or the right mentality um uh, to do the job because it's an important job you know
0: yeah absolutely that questioning mindset questioning is mindset key.
1: yeah yeah and and there is a little bit about in a nice respectful client friendly way being being able to ask the third question like (laughs) don't stop after one ask the second and the third and then if you're still not happy you might just leave it there for a while and come back but it's usually that when you didn't get happy that's usually when there was the problem you know
0: absolutely and for any of our listeners out there that are perhaps considering a career in auditing what what advice would you give them
1: oh like i love my job um i'm lucky that i do i really enjoy it um very Lucky that coming out of college, um, in two thousand and or nineteen ninety nine, originally went off to the masters, um, that I found a job in a you know in a place to work that I really love, um, I think auditing is a profession and it's a career and it's you know accounting and auditing is a profession and a career, um, you do get to travel the world, mm-hmm. your brain will be engaged, you know, and there may be times you think. When you're grinding through an audit file or whatever is my brain engaged it is and and it's only when you step outside and i did step outside for a year or two that you realize how demanding a profession is in a good way because mm-hmm. it does constantly engage the brain you always get to work with the best and the brightest either on the client side and you know either the associates coming in in in, in my case as it is are the, the people managing you and you thrive off those people because you're in kind of a uh uh i don't know an organization where just everyone is always bright and wanting to do well and that really and drives you on but it also gives you energy it does um and, and that's the bit you could point out to uh, all the hygiene factors you know say it's a very well-paid profession once you rise through past that training contract of course you do get to travel and um, you can do opportunities outside if you want you can step off and do a couple of out of the box experiences i've done a few in my time in kpmg um and, and and you know you'll meet loads of friends and loads of people but you'll do that in a lot of jobs as well but it, it, you know it it, it is it, it offers an awful lot and and for any graduate coming out of college at the moment um the one thing you can say is like you will not waste the three and a half years because you learn so much about business you'll have an international qualification that you can go travel the world on anyway and then if you really enjoy it you might stay on and you know for the next 20 years and uh, and really enjoy the firm as well so it's very little downside to doing it i think you know
0: i agree i agree some might say both of us are biased but anyway well
1: we both followed a similar <laughs> a similar pattern elaine but yeah yeah i think we i think i think the real value comes when you're in the firm a long time you can probably having seen so many clients and so many associates and so many dms you really do can look and see what a rewarding career it is as well and I suppose by the time you get to your level and potentially my level you're interacting with clients at a certain level as well where you're having really fulfilling conversations and bringing real value to you know
0: absolutely and i think it's also fair to say nile that you know even for people that perhaps don't want a career in audit for their life heaven forbid (laughs) <laughs> it uh, it gives them a really good foundation Absolutely. like a bedrock for being able to go on and do other things afterwards 100%.
1: I mean as I said there's, there's two sides to it. One you get the exams and the qualifications and like they're really good practical exams never mind the fact that it's a great tick to have mm-hmm. on your what used to be a CV, it's now your LinkedIn profile. Um and then and then you get to learn from either the people you're working with or the clients you're exposed to as well, which is brilliant.
0: Yeah. And I think the pandemic has probably changed the way we, well, it ha, it isn't a probable, it has changed the way we work. And yeah. I think our profession, you know, we do work very well on that on that hybrid model. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I, I think we're probably just perfectly suited to working hybrid. You know, I, th- I think the hybrid working really suits the auditing profession. It certainly suits what we do in KPMG. I think getting, you've got to get the balance right and do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But I do know that certain levels of the organization need to be in a little bit more mm-hmm. because you're doing an awful lot more learning. You know, we always used to say 70% of your learning comes from other people, um, you know. Uh, so I, I, I do think that. But but it means that, you you know, you can balance being out on site, you know, being in, in, in the office, working from home, absolutely. And then the longer you're in the organization, and I'm not saying you're learning less, but you've less formalized or structured learning to do, you have a far better balance to your working day where you pretty much are in control of it. Gotta spend time with your teams, gotta spend some time with your clients, but definitely a lot of the work you can do, you know, pretty much from anywhere in the world, to be honest with you. Um, so I think it does really suit that hybrid environment well. Um, I'd hate to think we'd lose the right meetings to have people with but I don't think we have I think we've done that well I think a lot of our judgment and gut has told us I think we need to be in for that or I think we need to be on side for that that'll build with time as well
0: I think so yeah absolutely and maybe to wrap things up then Niall, if we look out five years from now do you think audit as we know it today will be unrecognizable
1: no I don't um I I, I think we'll continue to evolve um I would love to think would we'll be where I thought we'd be today whereby you sort of plug a machine into the client's machine every client Mm you know the data comes out it gets formatted and you're ready to analyze the data you know the selwyn hearns used to say you know go um sieving the river as opposed to fishing in it you know that famous analogy um i think we should be there like we have seen the technology that does it but there is a lag client data has to be there regulators have to be totally comfortable Mm -hmm. and we're a heavily regulated industry and, and that's right um for us to get to that point where you know we're not producing leads we're not tying stuff out and um, that those exceptions are part of another report and we're sort of working on outliers I hope we're there in five years and if we are that's a game changer and I think we should be so I think the data prep side versus the data verification or the analysis side um, should be there in five years I think that'll be game changing and very different um you know and then you, you're trying to understand will blockchain and chat GPT, how much will that revolutionize us in the next five years? Um, and it goes back to the point about the mindset of the people. I think the people will always have to be working with the data, assessing the risks, understanding what's an estimate, understanding the industry well enough to say, and understanding the client well enough to say actually that doesn't look right, and that, that you know that isn't. So I think it. I think in five years' time, I'm hoping there will be even less of the the, the mundane transaction vouching, and it may be that there are smaller teams doing more value-adding work in terms of risk identification, um, looking at complex areas. Um, but do I think um, it's going to be radically, radically, radically different? I don't think the pace of change will be like that. I, I do hope it is where I thought it would be today yeah that makes sense absolutely i'd
0: agree with you i don't think it's going to be an extreme pace of change no um but i think the trick is probably not to become complacent because whatever is cutting edge technology today tomorrow that's the past
1: so oh absolutely i i I think we do have great line of sight like when we think about like, like we knew when CloudBase was coming in, we knew three years we were going that direction. Ultimately, we'll be going there. We'll know the collaboration tools. I think we know the tools that are out there. I mean, we've put data snipper into the power of our team's hands now. That's been great. Um, we know that there are good data extraction tools. Um, it's getting the efficiencies and making sure they can work with a sufficient scale of clients. Um, we know there are absolutely brilliant dynamic risk assessment programs, um, great ways of analyzing data Um, we just need to make them ubiquitous and make clients comfortable with them as well and actually make sure that you know from a regulator's perspective it delivers the same you know high level of regulatory confidence that the current audit process does but those things take time
0: I agree well Niall thank you very much for joining us today it's been a really enjoyable session having you here
1: well it's really enjoyable to be here yeah best of luck
0: thank you thank you to all of our listeners for listening today If you have a question on any of the topics discussed here today, please feel free to reach out to myself, Niall or your usual KPMG contact. Thank you.